This week in the Mainly Moonology podcast, I'm going to give you an overview of the astrology for 2024. And I'm also going to give you all the details you need to do a chart that I know so many of you absolutely love. And it's not just me talking about it, but it's actually the person who taught me the chart. So you're going to get proper teaching on how to do that famous hurry on chart. Welcome to the Mainly Moonology podcast. I'm your host, Yasmin Boland, an award-winning astrologer and the Sunday Times best-selling author of books including Moonology and creator of the Moonology Oracle Cards. My intention for this podcast is to help you understand how you can create your dream life using Mainly Moonology, the moon, as your guide. So this week, I'm just going to start off with a chant, which I know many of you absolutely love. It's the chakra clearing chant, which I was taught in India quite a few years ago now. I've never taught it per se, like taught it, because there's a lot to it and I've never felt qualified to teach it. Uh, I've only felt qualified to share it. But this week, I'm actually going to throw to an interview I've done with the Natalie, the person who taught me this chant in India on the rooftop of the ashram guest house where I've been going to this ashram for about 20 years and uh, you're going to find out all about this chant and how to do it but let's just start with the chant and then I'm going to tell you about the astrology of 2024 and then we'll go into learning about the chant so here we go just close your eyes and just let the sound just wash over you Hurry on, That is the famous chakra clearing chant. And if you listen to the end of this podcast, I'm talking to Natalie, the wonderful woman who taught me that podcast on the rooftop of a guest house in India quite a few years ago. And there's a little story that goes with it as well. I just wanted to start with that. But before we get into the whole chanting thing, let's just talk about the astrology of 2024. I want to give you an overview. I'm actually going to refer a little bit to my beautiful Moonology Diary 2024. And I'm actually going to read you something from the back of the Moonology Diary 2024. If you don't have it yet, I'm recording this uh, in December, so I'm not sure if there will be any copies left by January. You never know your luck. Try and get a copy if you don't have one already. It really does contain the keys to success for 2024. So even on the back, just a good summary of the year transformation and joy are the key themes of 2024 now why did i say that because what we have in 2024 is we have the planet of transformation pluto changing signs three times so it's moving into aquarius this month it's moving back into capricorn in september and then it's moving back into aquarius in november and pluto is the planet of transformation and takes hundreds of years to go around the zodiac. The fact that it's flipping backwards and forwards from Aquarius to Capricorn to Aquarius to Capricorn to Aquarius, blah, 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 starts in Capricorn, goes to Aquarius, goes back to Capricorn, then goes to Aquarius this year, 
it means it's got to be really triggered. And when a planet changes signs is when we feel it most. So expect to be feeling Pluto a lot this year. And if you happen to be someone who's got Pluto opposite your sun or conjoint your ascendant or squaring your Venus or harmonizing with your Venus, you've got to feel it even more. It's a really good time to uh, get an astrology reading if you want a recommendation. I, I highly recommend the wonderful Cassandra Tyndall uh, in Australia. She'll do you a reading. She, she's, she does personal readings. So, and joy. The reason why transformation and joy are the themes in 2024 is because the most active planet this year is actually Jupiter. And Jupiter is the planet of joy. We have Jupiter harmonizing with Uranus in April, harmonizing with Neptune in May, changing signs, moving into Gemini in the end of May, and then harmonizing with Pluto, clashing with Saturn in August, and then harmonizing with healing planetoid Chiron in October, November, before finally um, re-squaring off with Saturn um, on Christmas Eve 2024, which is something to look forward to or not. So, yeah, a really uh, very interesting um, a year for transformation and also a year that is about the phoenix that rises from the ashes. So if you feel like your life is in ashes right now, if you feel like you've just been burned up in the last year or two, then this year, 2024, is going to help you because, because Pluto is so prevalent so triggered this year so prominent and pluto has the phoenix rising from the ashes feel to it okay pluto the planet that represents life death and rebirth the phoenix that rises from the ashes pluto the planet that makes rebirth possible is really triggered this year and further good news is also about the joy and optimism that comes from jupiter after this transformation. So um, just again, reading from the diary, the year's astrological highlights include, so the powerful backwards and forwards moves of Pluto in and out of Aquarius in January, September, and November, as I mentioned, some very lucky Jupiter action spread throughout the year and the most challenging aspect between Jupiter and Saturn in August and December, because Jupiter is involved, it shouldn't be too bad, okay? And I drill down into all of this in the monthly sections in the diary. And I just want to mention as well, while I'm doing this really big general overview, um, I do also want to mention the eclipses, okay? So eclipses are like new moons and full moons on steroids. To paraphrase the wonderful late US astrologer and moon lover, Sophia Mason, if a new moon triggers you to find $5 in your pocket, a new moon eclipse could see you finding $50 in your pocket. So um, the eclipses this year, FYI, are taking place in Libra, um, in Aries, in Pisces, and then again in Libra. All the details are in my Moonology diary. And in fact, in the diary, when it comes to those eclipses, there is a section that tells you how to work with each new moon or full moon or eclipse. So it says flick over to page whatever, all you have to do is uh, read it up and you will know exactly what is going on in your chart as the year unfolds. So let us focus on transformation and joy as this year begins. That is what the astrology is offering us. Um, if you do have the eclipses in either your sign or your rising sign, it does mean it's going to be a pretty memorable time for you. So very much worth paying attention. 
But one of the most important things that I can ask you to do or suggest that you do as we go into the year, bearing in mind that those of us in the Moonology community love manifesting, okay? So one of the best ways to be a really powerful manifester is to clear your energy so you're not full of upset and anger. This is the first Moonology podcast of the new year. So it's a time to really let go of all the SHIT and CRAP from last year, from the year before, from any time in your life. So how do you do that? Well, one of the best ways I know is to chant and one of the best chants I know is a chant that I started this podcast with that so many of you love, the chakra clearing chant. I sometimes call it the hurry om chant, but I shouldn't call it that because it's not really its name. It's the chakra clearing chant. And it was a chant that was taught to me in India by my teacher, Sri Shakti Narayaniyama. And I'll just tell you a really quick story and then I'm going to teach you about the chant. So what happened was I was in India, I think it would have been six years ago maybe, and uh, I, went to, I went to the ashram and then um, on the last day that I was there, this wonderful woman called Natalie, who I'm going to introduce you to in a minute, she sort of collared me as I was literally like two or three hours away from leaving, having had an amazing time at the ashram, about to go and fly back to London. She said, Yasmin, I'd like to teach you a chant. And I was like, oh, okay. And Natalie lives at the ashram. So that's actually a blessing in itself. You don't get to live at the ashram unless you've got, you know, quite good spiritual alignment not to say she doesn't have her own challenges of course she does we all do she's human but it's a blessing to be allowed to live at the ashram anyway so i'm like okay fine she said let's go up onto the rooftop of the guest house and you can learn it there which is beautiful because it's up and you see all the um there's plants up there and well there was then i think i don't know i haven't been there for about well i haven't been there since before the pandemic and they may have changed things but anyway so we went up to the rooftop and natalie chanted me this chant which I did at the start um, of today's podcast, and which I'll do again when I'm with her, uh, when you in a minute with the interview. And uh, she taught it to me, and I remember saying, "Gosh, how do you remember it? Because it's I'll explain what it is, but it's all these different Sanskrit sounds that clear your vibration through your chakras one by one." I said, "How do you remember it?" She said, "I don't know. You just remember it." And that was you know years ago. And now I remember it, and now I know lots of you remember it because you've, you've heard me do it. Anyway, so that was fine. And then when I got back to London, I talked to someone who I thought knew a fair bit about mantra. So I kind of like disregarded it because, you know, which is ridiculous because I know that anything that happens at the ashram in India happens for a reason. It's just one of those places. It's a very high vibrational, amazing place. It's the Sri Narayani Pedam in in Tirumalakodi, if you want to look into it anyway so i completely forgot about it moved on and it so happened i went back to the ashram three months later i don't often get to go so often but i did that year and i went back to the ashram and uh, i'd been there for a few days and then there's this other wonderful woman called chamundai who's actually a former corporate lawyer turned uh, spiritual teacher i know two people who are former lawyers turned spiritual teachers anyway so chamundai said to me was saying in the dining hall of the guest room so she was saying so does anyone want to learn a mantra a particular mantra i have to teach from from the teacher from narayaniyama and i was like yeah yeah i'll learn a mantra i love mantras and so she's like okay cool so about three of us gathered in her room and you know in the afternoon we're all there okay teaches this mantra off she goes chamundai starts teaching this mantra and of course what mantra is it it's the one that i learned on the roof with natalie three months earlier and disregarded because my ego you know thought i knew better and of course 
I got the message, which was spirit, the divine mother wants you to learn this mantra. And so now I would like you to learn this mantra from someone who really knows how to do it, what she's talking about. And that is Natalie, who is staying at my house for a few days. And I said to her, Natalie, can we just sit down and talk about the, the chakra clearing mantra? People love it. I would love you to teach people about it. And she said, sure. So here's our conversation. Thank you for joining me today. I'm wishing you all the best for the start of the new year. Learn this mantra. Honestly, it will make your 2024 even better. Today I'm welcoming my lovely friend Natalie. We are here in my garden in London and we've just done a puja. And I did ask Natalie if she would agree to talk to me a little bit about the uh, what I call the hurry om mantra, but I think it's more correctly called the chakra clearing mantra. Mm -hmm. And it's a mantra that's uh, been taught to quite a few of us in um, India. So thank you, Natalie. Um, so can I just tell you my little story of this chakra Please, clearing? Yeah. Okay, it's quite a funny story. Makes me look quite bad, but that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> so um, I was in India. And um, actually, I was about to leave India. I, I, this was about five, six years ago. And Natalie, you came up to me and you said, oh, Yasmin, before you go, I'd really like to teach you a mantra. And I said, oh, okay, sure. I've known Natalie since before I had Louis, so mm. at least 18 years now. And uh, I said, sure, okay. And so we went up onto the rooftop of the guest house uh, at the ashram in India, the Sri Narayani Pedam, which is where Natalie lives and where I've been going on and off for about 18, 20 years now. And she taught me this mantra, which goes, Hari Om, Nam Lam, Mam Vam, Sim Ram, Vam Yam, Yam Ham, Shiva Om, Swaha. And I was like, first of all, the one thing I really remember was asking her, how do you remember that? And, uh, and she said, oh, I don't know, you just keep doing it and you just start to remember it. I'm like, okay, fine. And this is the mantra that I've shared with many of you many, many, many times at workshops, online, offline, in person, you know, videos, and people absolutely love it. And uh, I'm always like, I can't really teach it because I don't really know enough about it, but this is what it is and you can just chant along. Anyway, so I got this beautiful mantra, went off, and uh, I, I can't remember now if it was later that day or a few days later, I was talking to someone who's a bit of an expert in mantras who will remain nameless, and, uh, and I said, oh, yeah, Natalie taught me this fantastic mantra. And, and this person said, oh, yeah, yeah, it's not a bad mantra, but it's not like a really super powerful one. <laughs> it's not that. It's not that amazing and I was like oh okay so I was like all right so I just forgot about it and it was um at a period in my life where I was lucky enough to go to India twice in about the space of three months I must have been going to Australia once and once was just a normal trip or whatever so three months later I find myself back at the ashram completely forgotten about this mantra and I'm in the guest house dining room and Chamundai who we both know and love comes up and goes, oh, everybody, I'm going to be teaching a mantra this afternoon in my room. Who wants to learn? I'm like, yeah, I'll learn a mantra. So off we toddle to Chamundai's um, room 
in the afternoon and she sits us all down. There's about three of us and her. And she goes, right, here's the mantra. Hari Om, Nam Lam, Mam Vam, exactly the same mantra. So I always took that as a sign that I had actually been arrogant and, you know, been influenced by this person who's like, oh, no, that, that's not a big mantra. So I then promptly went away and forgot it. But everything that happens at the ashram is really divinely guided. So you taught me that mantra for a reason, which probably was so I could go off and share it out in the world without either of us knowing it. But because I then forgot about it, then three months later I'm back and I'm taught it again. And it was, to me it was a really big sign that I was meant to have this mantra in my life. Did you know that story? I didn't know that story. It's wonderful. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? It is great. It it's is just great. so funny because I feel like I was, you know, not only my ego per se, but just kind of like forgetting that everything that happens in these divine places happens for a reason. I was talking to Natalie before we hit record. You can't remember why you taught it to me. No, it's not that I can't. No, I can't remember why in particular, but I would imagine that, that I would have taught it to you because Alma would have taught it to us. And the guidance that we were given, which I remember very clearly at the time, was that this was like medicine, this mantra. I mean, all mantra is, is medicine, but this one in particular, in particular, because it was about, it is about clearing, it's about each. So you have the, um, each sound is actually the root sound of the seed. The, sorry, the seed sound, yeah, of, of each, of each chakra. And when you chant it, it's actually helping clear and also strengthen each chakra so as you go through the chakras of the body um you're clearing and strengthening the, the, the chakras and it was specifically told to us not to do it too much because it really is like medicine so it's literally you only do it 10 to 10 12 13 14 minutes per day and what actually ended up happening is some people started doing the mantra and one person was complaining to Amma saying that there was all this anger that that had come because this person was doing like 45 minutes a day. Right. And, and you know, anyway, Alma just laughed and said, well, of course you don't do it 45 minutes because it was, it's like it's, it's then activating the chakras too much. Right. So that's why you really just take it as medicine. You just do it, one, do one session for about 10 to 13, 14 minutes and that's it and then you do right. it again the next day. So, so, so I remember talking to Amma many years ago about mantra and Amma said, you know, it's really powerful to chant it and it's even more powerful to do it silently. Mm -hmm. So can you talk about that? I mean, if we do the, I'll, I'll, we can do the mantra in a minute, but like should people do it silently, out loud, listen to it on headphones or is it all good? Look, I think it's all good. But, yeah, Amma has definitely said that doing them silently is stronger. So you, you've explained what mantra means, right, the actual word we man and tra. We have Okay, so man is the soul and the tra is either through, so it's something that goes through the soul, so mantras are about strengthening the soul, or the word tra, the sound tra can also mean tool. Yeah. So it's a tool for the soul. So when we're dealing with mantra, we're really dealing about strengthening the soul which is what we everybody needs on this planet at the moment yeah. considering how um every, you know how difficult it is for everyone so um that's so the mantra is really the tool for the soul or something that goes through the soul in terms of the actual whether it's said out loud or internally i'm always says do it at first out loud because it's like you're doing your having your training wheels so you can become very, very becomes automatic and that then 
once you've really got it automatically, then you can go internally. But until you're really, while you're learning, keep doing them out loud and listening to them out loud. And like when you're saying like do it 10, 14, 15 minutes a day max. That's only for the chakra healing one. Right. For Om Namo Narayani, for example, you can chant that all day. So I don't know. All day, every day. Every day, yeah. Like when I, I had cancer, I was diagnosed with cancer in 2009. And so from the very moment I was diagnosed, I chanted Om Namo Narayani internally all the time. When I was at the doctor's appointments, waiting, going in for scans, I just chanted and chanted and chanted because I really wanted to, like, I wanted to firstly just strengthen my soul because I knew I was going to have to go through very um, heavy treatment. But um, I also wanted, I also was, while I was chanting, I was also visualizing my tumor reducing because I wanted the tumor to disappear because I didn't want treatment. <laughs> but so I did that for, I had. And, the, and it did actually shrink by half. It did shrink by half, yeah, in, within the eight weeks that I was chanting. And, and the result of that was that I didn't have to have six months of chemotherapy. I just had to have, have the radiation. Right, yes. Um, and, yeah, but I, even when I was in my radiation room, I was you know, chanting, like, from morning to night. But I told you right about the, the nurse. nurse yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, can I tell? Yeah, go for it, yeah. So the, where we go in India, the... The ashram is the ashram of Sri Shakti Narayani Amma, Narayani Amma. And uh, the the name of the nurse, she had her little badge, badge. on. Does, and what was it? Was it no, you know, I actually, uh, you, you were the person I spoke to because I they'd just given me morphine. I'd been, I'd, for, I'd, I'd had radiation. I was having it every hour for 20, 20 to 25 minutes. And for the first 24 hours, they forgot to give me morphine. Oh, my God. And then they, then they realised I didn't have morphine. So um, I had, like, I was chanting and chanting, just thinking, look, I've just got to go through this as a spiritual being. I can't go through this as a physical being because it's just too horrific. And I started, I was chanting and chanting. But being radiated, you're being burnt alive. So 20 to 25 minutes every hour. And um, after the first 17, 18 hours, I completely lost my shit. <laughs> Excuse my language, but I completely lost it. And I just burst into tears. And I was sit, I, I just started praying to God and saying, look, I don't know what, why I have to go through this, but I'm so out of my mind, I can't even chant the name of Narayani, who was like Mother Earth, the Divine Mother. So I, I can't, in, can't even chant it. I just said, look, I just give up. And I just, I just, just was surrendered at all. And I just said, I, you know, this is, I can't do this anymore. And exactly at that time, the next time the nurses could come into my radiation room, um, they actually then realised that, that I had no painkillers or, you know, morphine. So that's when they decided that they gave me morphine. And then, so I was on morphine, and then the next time that the nurse came in was actually the nurse called Narayani. And I called you <laughs> and I said, Yasmin, Yasmin, oh, my nurse is called Narayani because you were in Paris at the time. And um because that's where the treatment was happening. And, and um, you said, are you on morphine? Are, are you on morphine? <laughs> are you sure like, not hallucinating? Yeah, and I said, you yes, took a yes, photo. yes, I'm on morphine, I'm on morphine. And you, you said, yeah, I'm hallucinating. And so then I had to take a photograph of her badge and then you were like, oh, my god!" I mean, how many nurses come <laughs> along called Narayani? Yeah. Hello. And the amazing thing was that I said to her, look, I've been going to India all these years and I'd, I've – you know, I pray to the goddess Narayani, who's Mother Earth or Mother Nature, the Divine Mother. Um, but I said, I've never, ever met a human being no, called Narayani. No, I have either. And she said, well, I've lived in Paris for 20 years and I've never met someone who knows my name. Oh, wow. Mm. All right. So let's talk about this chakra chart a bit more. So 
who wrote it or invented it? Is it an Amar chant or is it a well-known no, Indian no, all, chant? All, all, all mantras come from nature. So all mantras already exist and they they get Amma revives them basically and then shares them to the world to heal people and to help people and to give them strength. So um, the all mantras come from nature and basically it was they were written down by the rishis or the, the sages and um, and then they've been passed three generations um, orally. So a mantra, if you write it down, has no power, but as soon as you chant it or think it, that's where the, it comes, the power comes. Right. So shall we do the famous chakra clearing chant? Sure. Now you get to learn it from the same person I learned it from. <laughs> so what do we need to do, Natalie? Okay, well you just sit um, comfortably or if you can lie down on your bed or on the floor. Um, the, what's important when you're chanting a mantra is to have a straight back. Mm -hmm. And uh, Any reason why? Oh, because well, that's where the energy is coming, okay. coming through. And so what's, so you're st starting with the base chakra and which is the color red and um and then what we're doing is with each sound we're going up the chakras to the very very top and then you're chanting um and to, and to then come down to the bottom again okay. okay and the swaha in there the swaha so um yeah you were saying with om namo uh, um with shiva but you can also say it with, with om namo narayani at the end too oh okay yeah. All right, let's. But also because um, if you actually look at the the reason that this, the shiva is, is if you actually look at the different um, sounds as you're going up the chakra, each sound of the chakra is actually om na ma shivaya. Yes. So which is actually the the um, the masculine divine. So right. Yeah. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. Will you chant it? Will you do it three times? Okay. All right. Here we go. Oh, I know Cool Reet, who ran the Holistic Centre at the Ashram for a long time, she says she wakes up every morning and does that for 10 minutes in her pyjamas. Yeah. 
So, Natalie, just while I've got you. Yes. So you've been living at the ashram now for how many years? 14 years. 14. Yeah. And how do you find it? What's it like? Living there? Um, well, <laughs> it's... Um, What's it like? It's 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 uh, a, a, the most unique place on this planet at the moment. I agree with that. Yeah, um, you have a living teacher who is um, who has omnipresent consciousness and is an example of pure unconditional love and kindness, and yeah. is the most extraordinary teacher I've ever come across. Me too. Um, you know, the teachings are about love, devotion, and service to humankind. And very, very simple teachings. And, and Amma yeah. lives really the most simplest life I've ever, of a person I've ever seen too, um, while also being of incredible service to humanity and, um, yeah, just does an extraordinary work. I'm a volunteer there, so I take care of the environmental program green shakti where we plant millions of trees and um it's a lot of work like physically you know it's it's not like we just sort of sit around and go om all day <laughs> we um we're definitely out there doing stuff and then there's also a lot of meditation and a lot of um devotional practice and um it's a place which is really attracting more and more people so we have we have the world, basically, people from all corners of the world yeah. coming, which is also quite extraordinary. And there's a guest house for anyone. I know a lot of people have said to me they'd love to go there one day. Yeah. Yeah, there's a guest house um, and there's also the Ayurvedic Centre, the Srinarani Holistic Centre, which has got ama which is an amazing place with treatments and um, very, very capable doctors and where people really get amazing experiences of healing there too. Um and there's opportunities to, to go and volunteer at the school or to volunteer with tree planting or to, to yeah, to, there's so much to do. It's in rural India. It's like three hours drive from Chennai, which is in South India. So it's very, very beautiful. It's full of banana trees and coconut trees and sub, it's very subtropical. Life is very simple there and um, the people are, are very, very kind. There's really, people really live from the heart. That's yeah. been my experience, yeah. So if you're feeling the call, what would you say to someone who's listening to this and thinking, oh, my God, I want to go there? Um, go to the website, narainipedam.org, and there's all the information there and you can find yeah. out how to get there and yeah. write an email and we can guide them. So I'll just tell you my little story how I got there. Mm. I was in a coffee shop in uh, Bondi having a chat to a friend saying, I'm going to India, don't know what I'm going to do, probably do a bit of yoga. Nadav, who we both know, many of you will know Nadav, who's an amazing mantra singer, yes. brother of Idor. And Nadav leans over and says, oh, Yasmin, did you say you're going to, uh, he was just sort of listening into my conversation as you do at a communal table in a cafe, did you say you're going to India? And I said, yes. And he said, oh, you should go to the Sri Narayani Pedam. I'm like, oh, okay. So I go home. It all falls into place. I get there and Amma says, Yasmin came very quickly. I'm like, <laughs> right. And he says, Amma, uh, Yasmin came, Yasmin heard the call 10 days ago and she's here now. And I'm like, yeah. And, he's, and Amma said, and sometimes it can take up to 10 years for people to come here. 
So if you're hearing the call, I would highly recommend it. It's an amazing place, isn't it? Like yeah, it as really you say, is. probably one of the most amazing places on the planet. Yeah. And Narayani, I'm a Narayani, the teacher. They are, I mean, like you say, very simple teachings from Amar mm. and yet so profound. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, it doesn't matter how many which ways you test Amar, you know. Um, I remember one, one more story. I remember once being there back in the day. It was that very early on. You're probably able to work out who I'm talking about you think hard enough about it. There was someone there who was kind of driving everybody crazy with her antics and uh, just sort of, sort of, bossing people around a bit and say, you go over there and, oh, you don't know anything about Hinduism and oh, all this sort of stuff. And I remember talking to Amar about this, almost like trying to get a bit of a, yeah, you know, just just be nice or, you know, being to be told something of, of sympathy for this person who was being a bit bossy, another devotee or another visitor there. And I remember Amar was just filled with love for this person the yeah. same way Amar is filled with everybody. Yeah. And I just thought, oh, you know, in a way it was almost like the mark of the guru who didn't have the slightest iota of anything that I was feeling in my little egoic, like, wow, she's pushing me out of the way and she's doing this and she's doing that. And I was like, just love, love. So it's really just love, there, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Love, love, and how how can we serve humankind? Yes, and 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 it's like we can serve humankind in in you know in the simplest ways, just being kind to the next person we meet. Yes, and and Alma says, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a plumber, or if you're a teacher, or you know, a taxi driver, or whatever you are, but it's just about it's just about being love in your daily life and with every person that you meet. Yeah, and I'm just going to finish by saying Natalie is actually in London because she's editing a new book that she's working on. Natalie's mm -hmm. an artist, and uh, we'll go into it more when you've got all your website and everything in place, but it's going to be very interesting. It's art that you did when you were going through that treatment for cancer all those years ago. That's right, yeah, and also the recovery process. And the recovery. Yeah. So is it going to be about artist therapy a little bit? Or? No, it's more about the creative force and how we can have how we can use the creative force to get through very difficult times in our lives. Oh, there we go. All right, well, Om Namo Narayani. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Mainly Moonology podcast. If you want to take Moonology to the next level and manifest the life of your dreams, join our growing community of magical people who come together to lift each other up as we meditate, manifest and reclaim the magic that has been inside us all along. Head over to mainlymoonologymembership.com and awaken your true powers.